0: Daily Intermission fans, Season 3, Episode 12, and I'm joined by Sports Betting Analyst for Sportsbook Review. He's done, he's done some writing in the past for Rotowire, Fantasy Pros. Neil Parker. Neil, how we doing today, my guy?
1: Not bad, Greg. Just uh, looking forward to doing this, looking forward to breaking down this perfect time in the sports season. It but might be. All kinds of everything to talk about.
0: It might be it might be the best in terms of the NFL's in full force. I mean, we have got the NBA revving up, MLB playoffs, the NHL's, you know, ready to rock and roll. The golf, you know, is a little bit quiet, but I mean, it, it's it's a pretty good time of year in sports. You're right, man.
1: Yeah, perfect. I mean, obviously, I really like the uh, spring too, with the NBA and NHL playoffs. Kind of get the Masters that yep. kind of time of year too. But there's no NFL, you know, so that's the uh, you know that's the bread and butter, and, and uh, obviously every Sunday's a Exciting, exciting day in sports. and I'm looking forward to just shooting it with you, bud. Let's
0: talk this stuff through. Let's do it, my man. It's uh, it's a pregame show. Like I said, episode 12, season three. And I want to say this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. So go use code TDI, manscaped.com for 20% off, free shipping. It's unbelievable. It's the best tools for your family jewels worldwide. Millions of men are using this stuff to keep roomed up. So make sure you head over to manscaped.com, use the code TDI, and keep cleaned up. Uh, into the pregame show. Neil, we got Robert Kraft. He's getting married to a 47-year-old. I think she's an accountant. One, how did this come about? And two, is she getting a bunch of this change once he uh, once he passes?
1: Oh, there's probably a prenup there, Greg, I'd have to think. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, maybe a little trickle, maybe a little sprinkle of, uh, of his, uh, you know, bank accounts down the line. But uh, good on him. Hey, listen, people want to get married. All the power to them out there be in love what what else do you
0: need to say well that's just it you know whatever makes you happy really um it's just kind of surprising because this guy was in the parlors i mean obviously he wasn't satisfied to its full to its full extent in the uh, in the massage parlors so crafty decides to uh, to wife up 47 year old you love seeing it i mean i think uh, it's every guy's dream once you're getting to that age if you can lock down a 47 year old i mean we see in the other in the other parts of the landscape i mean i think uh, zach wilson and young gravy i mean they're they're looking for women at this age too
1: Listen, whatever makes you happy, buddy.
0: Whatever you know makes you happy. You know, my <laughs> guy. So it's just staying in. Uh, just some some other NFL news before we get into the game recaps uh, in quarter two. But uh, Deshaun Watson's facing some more charges. Uh, Neil uh, facing another sexual assault charge. I mean, the Browns have, have paid this guy so much guaranteed money. Obviously, we won't see him till week twelve. But I mean, this guy, you're an NFL quarterback, and I said I made a video the other day. I mean, like it, it's it's pretty obnoxious that he's out there paying massage therapists. You know, for sexual acts when he's an NFL quarterback, he could he can do fairly well at the bars, I would imagine.
1: Well, I just think it's a joke uh, himself, but also like the whole Cleveland Browns organization are a joke. The fact that they passed up on Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson, select Baker Mayfield. Now they didn't do their due diligence this offseason. Watson's running around with all these shenanigans he's pulling off. Yeah, It's embarrassing. Uh, You know, I'm happy they've lost three in a row. Uh, Uh, it's, It's getting embarrassing.
0: It hundred percent is man. It's going to be the. It's going to be a massive. I mean, we haven't seen this guy play in a year and a half as well, Neil. I mean, there's no guarantee. I mean, the NFL moves fast, and your career moves fast. And the the quarterback position is the toughest position in sports. I mean, it's not. There's no guarantee that this guy comes back and is the player that we knew before all of this.
1: Yeah, for sure. And guess what? Not getting much better for the uh, old Cleveland Brown. Next four, check the schedule at Baltimore versus. Cincinnati, and then they travel to Miami and Buffalo before their bye week. Not a pretty outlook.
0: That looks, that's sounding like an 0-4 to me. I mean, (laughs) that is is tough for old Cleveland. It never gets easy for the Cleveland Browns. Um, I do want to mention, Neil, that the NBA starts this week, excited for the season. There's going to be a ton of drama, as there always is. There seems like there's storylines from those individuals, those characters every week. Uh, a lot of teams have made some serious moves in the offseason, so I'm excited for that. But some college football, Neil, I'm not as versed in the college world as, as you might be. Um, I, I try to pay my attention to the professional leagues, and I just find that there's, <clears throat> with the turnover and the call, and especially being Canadian, uh, it's tough to follow quite closely, but uh, Alabama goes down, Tennessee uh, takes them down in a massive win, Peyton Manning was smoking a cigar in the locker room afterwards, I don't know if that was photoshopped or not, but I saw a photo of that online, big win for Tennessee.
1: Yeah, it's awesome, like the SEC football is obviously awesome, I try to tune as much as I can, I'm a Florida Gators fan, but obviously you can't have every single... Weekend consumed Saturday, Sunday football, football, football. Yeah, um, even I would even I would get a little overwhelmed by that. But uh, obviously, uh, you know, dynasties are awesome in sports. The, the Crimson Tide are on an amazing run. But uh, I love to see a Cinderella upset. And uh, yeah, like Hayden Hooker, great quarterback for the uh, Tennessee Vols, and it was it was great to see. And no one should feel bad for Alabama fans. Absolutely
0: no one. No. No. I mean, there's these dynasties, like you said, in, in, in sports, and, and when they go down, you have to feel good. There always feel-good stories. Everyone loves an underdog, and uh, but I'm assuming come playoff time, the Crimson Tide are going to be right in the mix.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Well, you never know. If they lose again. They won't even get a ticket, but we'll see. Georgia, um, obviously, is, quite, is right there, and there's a few other teams, Ohio State. Yep. Um, trying to think of the brothers right off the top of my head but uh oh Michigan obviously yep it'll be it'll be interesting to see you can't lose another game you lose two you're pretty much eliminated from the playoffs so they lose in the uh championship game of the SEC championship game now uh that could be trouble for for Alabama
0: so do you think uh do you think that the the college football NCAA do you think they should expand the playoffs or like in the four teams
1: they're set to expand in the coming years I'm almost positive i forget what year it is okay um yeah i'm glad they are going to expand a little bit yeah but it's almost every year at the end of the day there really is a couple solid teams that are the cream of the crop yeah Um, clemson obviously this year is is another one uh and then we saw last year when cincinnati came in from a non-power five conference they just couldn't compete right so anyway we'll see I, i really i think it's good to expand it's obviously good for the uh the TV rights and the money, but um, competitively, there really typically are only a couple teams that can pull off the uh, national championship win.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you never know. You know, with those with the expanded playoffs, that's when those serious upsets can go down, as we see in March. All right, Neil, let's move into quarter one. We got some MLB talk, and the Phillies have just taken down the defending champions, the Atlanta Braves, in four games. Sort of a surprising one here. I know a lot of people were bullish on the Atlanta Braves to go on another run. Alex Anthopoulos seems to have done another great job with that team this year. But Bryce Harper, an absolute monster during this series. He was munching eight hits in the four games. I think the Phillies, this is this is a serious Cinderella run here. And they're going to meet the Padres, who just took care of the Dodgers. But how are you feeling about the, uh, the Phillies run right now?
1: Yeah, well, it's not just uh, Bryce Harper. Obviously, Nick Castellanos tied for second in uh, NL postseason RBIs. Brees Hopkins is good, Brandon March, Ian Seguerra, JT Rio Muto. I mean, let's That's just by wait committee. For Kyle Schwarber Yeah, let's just wait for Kyle Schwarber to heat up. Oh. He is the second most homers in the majors during in the regular season. He has he's done nothing in the playoffs. So definitely an interesting team to watch. Padres are the favorites to win game one. Um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the Padres taking on the Dodgers. Obviously, Dave Roberts, before the season, he had guaranteed the, the World Series win for the Dodgers, having a massive season. I think the most wins in the NL since like 1906 or something. It was just an outrageously good season by the Dodgers, but they get upset by the Padres. You have to feel pretty good by the Padres, and especially for the management of the, pod, of the Padres, because, I mean, <laughs> by acquiring Juan Soto, who obviously was quiet uh, so far during his tenure uh, with the Padres, and, and um, you know, last year Snell, and then losing your shortstop, and Tatis. I mean, it's kind of been a roller coaster ride for the Padres, but to get over the Dodger hump, that's massive for San Diego.
1: Yeah, it just reinforced the importance of pitching. You, Darvish, will pitch Clayton Kershaw. Sorry, Clayton Kershaw, Blake Snell, like you just mentioned, he threw a gem in uh, the game. I believe this game three, and then Joe Musgrove was good enough in game, the final game, to uh, pave the way for the late game comeback. And they just, you know, really shut down the Dodgers over those final three games. um uh, I uh, really like Tatis, but obviously he's gotten himself into a little bit of trouble the last year, year plus. So I'm hoping he comes back next year. <laughs>
0: so he's riding ATVs, riding motorcycles, getting injured, and he's shoving needles up his derriere. I mean, yeah, you hate to see it. <laughs> um, but uh, but listen, um, the Astros sweep the Mariners. The Mariners, I, I was talking about the last episode in game one, they were off to a bit of a heater. It looked like they were going to win that game handily. Obviously, Jordan, Jordan Alvarez hit the monster shot. Um, to win that game, a three-run walk-off, and he hits another game-running home run in the game after. Uh, Do you think Houston, this would be a huge World Series if Houston could get it done. Obviously, they've booked their ticket to the uh, ALCS, and they'll uh, they'll take on the winner of tonight's game with the Guardians and Yankees playing game five. But do you think this is a big one for the Astros? Because I know that, I mean, after last year's loss, they're looking for one to kind of, you know, get over that tarnished legacy that they're dealing with. Yeah,
1: absolutely. They also lost, Carlos Correa, right? Over the offseason. Yes, the Minnesota. The Minnesota Twin. Yep. So, you know, nice to see the Pena shortstop, the rookie. He obviously hit the home run Clutched in up. the uh, 18th inning. The 18th? Which was crazy. <laughs> 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 42 strikeouts. There were 42 confined strikeouts in that game. Like, if you like pitching and you want, I mean, I would have fell asleep. I would have fell asleep by the seventh inning. I can't make it through four innings of baseball these days anymore. But, uh, you
0: imagine those guys yeah, in the outfield hanging kids. K's, Neil?
1: <laughs> yeah. they have to, or uh they'd have to start hopefully there was some spray paint so they start painting them on the chest and stuff cuz I <laughs> probably would have ran out of signs after 40 41 100% yeah, 41 yeah anyway yeah. what a
0: joke uh no that's good stuff man I, yeah i'm I, i'm not a, a, excited to see what the astros do but they're obviously they're they're an intriguing team and intriguing story obviously a bunch of characters that people um they're polarizing we'll say that uh but the yankees Obviously, winning 4-2 last night. I wanted to talk about Josh Naylor's celebration. I mean, he hits a home run off uh, Garrett Cole and starts rocking the baby. I'm not sure what he was referencing, kind of maybe calling him a baby or calling him his daddy. They ended up losing the game 4-2. Josh Naylor, Canadian boy. would love to see it. But um, but the Yankees-Guardians, what do you think about game five tonight, Neil? You uh, you f- Yesterday night for the listeners, but uh, you, uh, how you feeling about tonight's game?
1: Yeah, so I'm forecasting and you'll be listening and it'll all be over. But I like the Yankees to win Game 5. They're a negative 161 favorite. The big thing is is that they're 9 for 78 during the postseason with a 3-3-2 three, three, OPS, right? And that's just unsustainably low. Eventually, the bats are going to heat up. And, yeah, they just can't continue to be so horrific.
0: Statistically speaking, right. they're bound to heat up. They're due.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean Gio Carlos Stan I was I was listening to the game last night. I think he's one for 12 with the home run. I mean, I mean obviously he doesn't hit for average, but you'd expect him to be a little bit better and yeah, a lot of that lineup obviously there's got they've got high ceilings up and down that Yankee lineup. So, um but the Guardians have looked poised. So that's, I think that's going to be a fun game tonight in New York, but uh, I could see that uh, I could see the Yankees pulling through and Yankees Astros is going to be what I'm looking for uh in the LCS. Nice. All right, Neil. Well, Let's move into quarter two NFL. Let's break down Sunday's slate. Obviously week six, absolutely electric. Um, I was on a bit of a heater in the betting world, but two teams screwed me up. And, and once we get to those games, I'll talk about it. But uh, I want to start off with my New England Patriots, Neil Bailey Zappi. Solid showing over 300 yards passing. You know what? A lot of I think a lot of football fans, a lot of Patriots fans, they'll be starting to kind of rev up a, a quarterback controversy. I don't think that's the case. I think Mac Jones is still the guy. I just think that the coaches in New England have done such a great job for Bailey Zappi. They're not making it too complicated. A lot of hitch passes get the ball out of your hands quickly. Obviously, when you're running the ball with Mahondra Stevenson and he's seeing success, it's easy to open up those downfield wide-open passes after play action. They're making, they're managing the game, similar to what the Cowboys have done with, with outside of last sand with Cooper Rush, but they're making it easy on Bailey Zappi. They're not asking too much, and I think that uh, he's played well as a rookie, and And the Browns just look bad.
1: Yeah, you summed it up almost perfectly. It's pretty clear that Bill Chip is still capable of getting the most out of, you know, honestly, a limited... Like a, a roster that's not that talented. Yes. Let's be honest, right? Stevenson's a beast, but they're fifth in EPA for play the last two weeks. Zappi's first in completion percentage and third in EPA per play, right? So,
0: yep. just,
1: hey, he's also throwing it down the field, 9.04 yards per attempt in his two starts, so it's pretty encouraging. Um, and I, once again, sort of under- underestimated the Patriots coming into the season because when I looked at their roster up and down, I don't see the star power, but maybe the number one star standing on the sidelines, and he's still proving it.
0: Yeah, they've got th- this defense is balling out as well. I mean, this Christian Bear- Braymore he got he got injured, but he's he's a heck of a player. I'm pretty sure he went to Alabama. And then there's secondary, I mean, they've got some serious veterans. You have got this Adrian Phillips safety. They got Kyle Duggar, who he was drafted. He was a D two uh, college player. He was drafted in the second round. A lot of people surprised by that pick a few years ago. He's developed into a really nice player. This Jack Jones individual. He was uh, there was a lot of he was out of Arizona State. He he. I mean, I, I'm not sure how troubled his past is, but I know it was, and they took him in the fourth round. He's had three interceptions already this season, and he's grown into you know a solid player. I think their secondary is balling out, and uh, and they're just doing it by committee up front with that front seven. So their defense has played really well, and obviously they're just getting it done on offense uh, with the strong running game. Damian Harris before last week, uh, before his injury, and, and Ramondre Stevenson, it's a nice two-headed monster. And so New England looks good. The Vikings... Hold on to win in Miami, Miami. I feel I feel bad for them because I mean, obviously they got off to a heater of a start. We all saw what happened to Tua, Teddy Bridgewater last week. Goes, uh, he's he's a little bit banged up from his concussion or whatever injury. So they go with Skylar Thompson, the seven round pick. He gets injured. Uh, they have to bring in uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So it's kind of the quarterback carousel right now in Miami. The tough loss to the to the Vikings. I can't figure out Kirk Cousins. What you see from this game, Neil?
1: Well, it just seems that the path is pretty clear for Minnesota to coast to an NFC North title right now. Uh, head coach Kevin O'Connell, I think he still has some improvements to make for the offense. He was the offensive coordinator for the Rams last year. Obviously, the Rams won the Super Bowl. Their offense was dynamic. And obviously, they still have all the talented playmakers in that offense. Now, if they can improve defensively, they're a really scary team. Uh, the 21st in defense is DVOA for football outsiders right now. I really like the potential that day show. And at the end of the day, sometimes we step back and Kirk cousins is like a compiler of statistics. Like he, he does end the sorry, He ends each season with really nice numbers, but yep. it's like they only come in games that are never on television. And obviously his prime time uh, notorious performances are, uh, <laughs> you know, a thing of Underwhelming. Uh, means and yeah, well, yeah, he's an internet mean
0: machine. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously I mean with the Green Bay loss, uh we'll get into that game in a bit, but yeah, I mean the Vikings look good. They look poised to to win that division. Um I mean Dalvin Cook Obviously he got his last game I and mean, Justin Jefferson, he's, he's a top three receiver in the game. He just seems like they do a nice job with him too on crossing roads. I find that that's when he feasts is just, he just goes wide open and just coming across the field, whether it's a drag or a deep in or, you know, he just, he just seems to, to beat coverages, especially his own coverages. So he's fun to watch Vikings beat the Miami dolphins, Atlanta upsets the San Francisco 49ers at home, 28-14. I was on that spread. They've been playing gritty. I've liked what I have saw from uh, some of the Atlanta uh, Falcons offense. I think Marcus Mariota is managing the game well. He's obviously that dual threat. Um, but, uh, he also kind of got booted out of Tennessee. It was an interesting case there. You remember a few years ago, Neil, uh, he was the man in Tennessee and, uh, and Ryan, T- they decided to go with Ryan Tannehill. So then he went and and went behind, uh, Matt Ryan and now he's getting a shot and he, he looks okay. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say he's like a top 10 quarterback in the league, but he's been serviceable for this team enough to beat San Francisco 49ers at home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The 49ers too many injuries for them right now. You can't withstand multiple key starters missing time week in week out. Yep. Uh, it was also a horrible schedule spot for the um for the San Fran. They sorry, it was their third road game in 4 weeks and they did stay on the East Coast after beating Carolina last week. Yep. I don't know necessarily if that was a good idea or not. You never know, but uh, the Falcons are six and zero against the spread this season. I'm pretty sure, and clearly, betting markets and bookmakers haven't quite caught up to just how effective and efficient the offense was, and that's sort of what, or the offense is, and that's sort of what you were uh, sort of alluding to there. And yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not worried about the 49ers long term, but they got to get healthy.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I still like their uh, their team all around. Once, uh, yeah, once once they get back to full health. Obviously, a tough game. I mean. It's, uh you know, it's just one that they'll have to move on from. And obviously, they'll have a, a bunch of home games at, um, at Levi. Uh, You know, yeah, I'd like to think after three and four that they'll have a few uh, at home. So, they'll be an interesting team to monitor. Tom Brady. This is interesting, Neil. I mean, everything that's going on in his personal life. Obviously, he's going to be getting divorced with Giselle. Um, but, man, he looks... He this is the first time being a Brady fan for 15 years 20 years this is the first time that I've seen like he just doesn't seem like Tom Brady he doesn't seem and it, like he seems he seems exhausted from everything that's going on off the field um, they lose to the Steelers. This is a this is a game that I loved that minus ten spread just because you know what I've seen from the Buccaneers defense. I mean they fly around the field typically. I didn't think that Kenny Pickett was very good in in, in the week prior, and I thought that uh, you know with a, with a healthy Chris Godwin, a healthy Mike Evans that and Leonard Fournette in the mix that I thought this offense was going to be rolling. I, I expected the Bucs to blow these guys out. They ended up losing twenty to eighteen. I'm uh, I'm not loving what I'm seeing from Tom Brady right now.
1: No, he had completed. 71.2% of his passes for 736 yards, four touchdowns the previous two weeks, led all quarterbacks in the league in success rate, and then has just an absolutely pathetic loss. And it was embarrassing. Like, he just got to be able to pound the rock into the end zone, four field goals. Um, yeah, I I was incredibly disappointed. I, this was an immediate... A uh, wager I made early in the week at eight point
0: five, and it just yeah
1: w- didn't happen. It I, wasn't there. I and-
0: I saw that I saw that line as well, and you know, I hopped on it. Like I I think I got it at nine, but it ended up getting to ten and a half. I think Sunday morning. But I mean exactly. I mean just analytically, and just from just from a I test football fan standpoint, you thought there was no way the Buccaneers were going to go into the into Pittsburgh and lose this game, and
1: they sh- they shouldn't have nine he should have been able to score a touchdown
0: but yes anyway that's uh that 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 ended my survivor run as well which I'm a little disappointed oh. but it's uh yeah it's tough to see from uh from Brady in the box and obviously it's exciting for the Steelers maybe that'll uh actually Mitch Trubisky got some time uh, towards the end of that yeah. game so I mean I don't know what's going on
1: good he did good he played great I was watching most of that game uh and he played good he he moved the ball around. He used his legs. Um, yep. You know the the defense didn't really have an answer. They needed a turnover. They, I, I believe, there were multiple third and long conversions of over ten yards huh. for Mitch Trubisky. Come on, three. Yeah, just shut him down. Like, let's go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's that's not a that's not a Buccaneers defense that I'm used to watching. But anyway. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase returned to the Superdome in New Orleans and ended up beating the Saints. I loved this line. I loved Jamar Chase this week. I was all over this line of minus three. It was a lot of. It was a closer game than than I expected it to be. But Burrow and Chase balled out. I was on the uh, Chase over seventy six yards over any time touchdown, but, uh, but bro, I mean, I think that this is a duo we hope to heat up if the Bengals are going to, you know, the, the, big play Bengals are going to heat up and, and make a run. But, uh, but the saints obviously with Andy Dalton at, at the realm and, and, uh, they're still a little bit banged up with their quarterback and, and top receiver Mike, uh, Michael Thomas out. But did you catch any of this game Neil?
1: I just saw the highlights for this one. And the, the big thing for me is that after the Cincinnati Bengals invested so much money, into signing three offensive linemen and they just, their offensive line still ranks 27th and team pa, uh, pass block rate. Yeah. They need to figure that out. Yes. Joe burrow has been sacked 72 times through 25 games the last two years until he can, you know, stand upright and get a little bit of time back there. This team is going to have, I, I just can't see how it's going to continue to be successful because there's so much talent in the wide receiver, And also running back And it it should be one of the best offenses Offenses in the league They're close, they're trending But that offensive line needs to figure it
0: out 100%, 100% Oh, the New York Giants, for real, Neil. They end up beating the Ravens at home. It was a back-and-forth game. I'd like the Ravens to win, but the Giants to cover. I thought it was going to be a field goal game. You know how difficult it is to blow a team out on the road in the NFL, but they, the the Giants end up winning outright. They're 5-1 and one now. I don't know why, but deep down, I'm still not sold on them.
1: No, I have no faith in the Giants. So I'll continue to be wrong with this one. Um, credit to Doug Martindale. He just continues to defensive team and blitz and, and put the opposing offenses in difficult situations. So credit to him. I don't anticipate it continues, but, uh, Hey, giants got a pretty good player in Saquon Barkley. So that helps.
0: It's, it's refreshing seeing him rejuvenated, Neil. Um, I, I obviously felt bad for Saquon, all the injuries he had, but he looks great this season and, uh, happy for him. Um, what the heck's going up with green Bay, uh, Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. I mean, <laughs> Uh, this was another spread I was on. I liked Green Bay by seven and a half points. It's just, it's a little awkward for me right now with the Giants being strong and the Jets kind of looking okay. Like, I'm not used to that. I'm used to these legends um, playing well, and I expected Lambeau Field. I expected Green Bay to come out and rock, and uh, it was not the case. Jets rolled in Lambeau. What do you think going on with this Packers uh, team? Is I mean, it doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers is completely in sync. I mean, he was dropping it in the bucket to Alan Lazard on a few catches, but... I mean, he misses Devontae Adams in a massive way.
1: Yeah, I guess there just hasn't been anyone to step up and kind of fill that void. Um, the NFC is such a mess, though, that like playoff hopes for the Packers aren't really in danger yet. No, I just the the play calling is not up to par. It was horrible in the second half of the London game against the Giants when they blew that lead. The defense isn't making enough stops. Ninth lowest defense grade for football focus. It's it's a work in progress and I still go back to the preseason and exhibition play where Brady or sorry, Brady, well, Brady didn't play much either, but Rogers Aaron Rodgers, didn't play a whole lot. Right. He, he didn't even take a snap during exhibition play. I'm pretty sure. And that does carry over. Um, but at this point of the season, we're now six games in, like, let's go figure it out. Absolutely. Um, so, I, I'm definitely discouraged, but I don't think playoff hopes are in danger. It's just maybe they're just not as good a team as, as originally expected because mm. they were one of the betting favorites to come out of the NFC um, conference.
0: Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine Green Bay going on a Super Bowl run just with the you know supporting cast that Aaron Rodgers is dealing with them. with What I'm seeing from that defense, but who knows? I mean, you know, crazier things have happened, and they get hot, but they're going to be doing it on the road. Um, Indy holds off Jacksonville at home. Jaguars are making strides. It's promising. I mean, if you're a Jaguars fan, I think for the first time in a while, since 2017, obviously, when they had they had the Saxonville defense and Blake Bortles, and they went on that lost run and choked against the Patriots in the playoffs. But they're starting to build. Dougie, Dougie Peterson's doing a nice job there. Trevor Lawrence looks good. Um, I think they're they're trending towards having some positive seasons coming. Uh, but Indy holds them off. I liked this line at one and a half. I was on this line. Uh, Indy gets it done. I haven't loved what I've seen from Matt Ryan, but uh, but Indy gets it done, and now they moved to three, two, and one. Um, I think it's going to be between Indy and Tennessee to win this division. But what do you think, Neil?
1: I just I think that the Jaguars check out uh, in advanced metrics really well. But at some point, too, winning football games doesn't happen through an algorithm, right? For sure, uh, it takes time to develop. And Trevor Lawrence obviously taking strides, making steps forward. Uh, we'll definitely be interested to see if they you know are able to continue to draft well because so far a lot of these recent draft picks are showing up so drafting well um, and everything's trending in the right direction long term but I'm not as bullish on them as a lot of uh, statistical metrics and and uh, some other people that I talk to
0: yeah I'll, I'll continue to bet against them if I like the matchup if I think the team on the opposite side is I, I don't dive into the numbers enough Neil I just kind of go with matchups uh-huh. mm-hmm. and uh and that was one that I liked. Um, Seattle takes care of Arizona. Is is Arizona regretting the contract that they gave Kyler Murray? I mean, I think this is a game that uh, if you're the Cardinals and where you're at and you're in your you know kind of trajectory in the NFL, and if you're Seattle and you're on your trajectory. I think this is a game that Arizona wants to win internally, but they end up losing 19 nine. I mean, Kyler Murray hasn't looked fantastic. Um, they paid him a massive amount of money in the offseason. Geno Smith's looked good, man. He's been, he's been serviceable. He's been balling out. I'm happy for Geno Smith. Um, what are you thinking about? How do you think Arizona's feeling about the contract they gave Kyler Murray?
1: Pretty poorly. They should have won that game. They're falling out of uh, contention now in the nfc west i mean they're only one game behind but they lost two in a row i don't really like their outlook at this point um especially losing to to the seahawks in a game they were favored and that's disappointing they definitely they brought in robbie anderson today i don't know if you saw that
0: yeah they brought in robbie anderson
1: receiver from (laughs) but like what's that that's not going to help you any.
0: He's a he's, he's a guy for a good deep shot or two. Like he's he's a deep threat. Absolutely. He's a burner down the sidelines. But they also got DeAndre Hopkins back as well. He's he's gonna be coming off his six game suspension. But again, how, how he how's he gonna look? Um he, he and Kyler have shown a good connection, so that could help Kyler in a big way, but absolutely, um, we'll see, man. I mean, that, yeah, hey, the, we talk about that NFC West. I mean, nobody's really stepped up and been the guy. I mean, the Rams have been in trouble. Uh, Matt Stafford's shown his age, man. He makes some bad decisions with the football, and it seems like if Cooper Cup's not open or if Cooper Cup isn't the guy, like he stares at Cooper Cup. He got Allen Robinson involved a bit more this week, which I was excited to see for Allen Robinson because he's a stud. But, man, Matt Ryan, or Matt Stafford needs to go through progressions, not just hone in on Cooper Cup every single play.
1: Yeah, the offensive line, I keep going back to offensive line, but the Rams' they've offensive line's a of mess. Yeah, it's been pretty bad. They lost Andrew Whitworth uh, over the offseason when he retired. Oh, yeah, you and see him in the pregames. Yeah, exactly. And they've had uh, lots of injuries along the, the interior of that line, too. And so that's been a big um, disadvantage for Matthew Stafford, he's always been a bit of a gunslinger, right? He loves to chuck it downfield. And and he's typically, um, you know, among the league leaders in interceptions. They just underwent too much off-season personnel turnover. Um, I was lucky to cover the Rams from the uh, Jared Goff draft year right through to the Super Bowl win uh, last year for RotoWire, doing their beat uh, with the player news updates for the Rams. So I have a little bit of a... Um,
0: Insider takes or
1: book. Yeah but yeah, in a soft spot For them right Like yep. you know So anyway they, I didn't anticipate Them having a great season Because Just You can't Lose multiple players On both sides Of the football And it doesn't matter If you bring in a, An all pro Like Bobby Wagner You know It doesn't offset That chemistry That made them One of the best defenses And a prolific offense Too right So yep. there's some Growing pains there They'll be fine But they're not The team they were uh, even
0: six months ago. No, absolutely, I, I would agree with that. Now with Cam Akers wanting out, um, it'd be interesting because they left Sony Michelgo, who was there last year for some for, for some depth help. Right. But yeah, we'll see what happens in the backfield there. I still think they've got a decent roster. I think they could be a playoff team. Um, so. Yep. We'll see what happens, but the, the the highlighted game, the one that everybody wanted to watch last week, Buffalo ends up going into Kansas City, wins in a thriller. Uh, I was super happy for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think that game's going to have a ton of playoff implications in terms of where the AFC Championship is going to go through. I would project that these are the two teams that we see play for the AFC Championship. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Neil, but, man, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, I could watch those two guys go head-to-head every single week.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic, and I mean, that's kind of the weekly NFL matchup that we want to see every Thursday, Sunday, Monday night. And (laughs) we've got absolute garbage. Almost straight across the board all season long. Um, Anyway, whatever. It is what it is. I didn't appreciate some of the soft calls. I thought there were some soft calls against the Chiefs down the stretch. Uh, um, And and I just hate the way that the um, unsportsmanlike conduct and those kind of calls really can just, end to drive because someone does something a little silly, like why not just find them? Fine yes, them sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, don't penalize the team because somebody celebrates a little bit or accidentally stands over another player. Yeah, and does a posture acts like you know? No I hate that beating. call. I hate
0: that call so uh, much. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, just
1: find them. They make millions of dollars. Find them like fifty thousand bucks or more. Who cares? There's yeah, many. then they'll stop doing it. Yeah. But anyway, don't penalize team. So. That was all. That's the only thing. That was my only takeaway from an otherwise great game. I just love Gabe Davis, too. Like, he's such a talented player and so fun. And and, uh, I've got Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen in a fantasy dynasty league. So I've had them both since, well, I drafted Allen originally coming out of uh, Wyoming uh, University. Yeah, out of the university. And then I also had Diggs from his uh, Minnesota days. So. Kind of a neat, anyway. That's a nice
0: duo to have. That's a nice one-two punch. They're going to be winning you some some fantasy games, that's for sure. Um, But uh, the Sunday Nighter, Neil, I know you're a big Cowboys fan. Um, I'm not sure if it was a... So I've got a funny story for you, actually. So um, a buddy of mine who you know, golf's at the golf course. I'm helping him out with his fantasy team um, this year. And and, um, so... I picked up, so we had Pat Firemouth at tight end and uh, out. So I didn't really do much research. I just kind of went to the waiver wire. Okay, Dalton Schultz is available. I said, oh, perfect. We'll take Schultz. Ends up, I go on to a live on TikTok about 10 minutes before kickoff of the Sunday Nighter, and I figure out that Schultz is inactive. So I pick up Ferguson, Jake Ferguson. Nice. Jakey Ferguson shout out my guy four catches 40 yards and a touchdown was a massive massive pickup for us also had Devontae Smith in that game so uh, but uh, yeah I mean the Eagles end up winning I thought the Cowboys showed some nice fight I mean Micah Parsons I mean I'm not too worried about the Cowboys I actually I, I think their defense has done such a fantastic job this season Cooper Rush he did what everybody thought he couldn't do he kept their season alive and in my opinion it's time for Dak to get back in there if he's ready to rock
1: yeah, absolutely. And I uh, broke this game down last week with a good friend of mine, an Eagles fan, Chris Meaney. has got the show Mean Street. And uh, my quick take was just that unless Cooper Rush protected the football again, because that had been his strength, is protect, uh, protecting the football.
0: Yeah, no turnovers before last night.
1: Exactly. And as yeah. soon as he did, that would put the Cowboys even farther, even further behind. That's what happened. They couldn't keep up. They don't have the explosive offense with Cooper Rush that they would have with Dak Prescott. And that, that's all that it is. I mean, you know, your, your defense and game-managing play at quarterback can only take you so far. We know this. Every once in a while, there's a historic defense that wins in spite of its quarterback. It's very rare. What's the Trent Dilfer back for the Ravens a number of years? I'm pretty sure that's who it was. And I think there was uh, – I get the Johnsons mixed up, but, you know, 20 years ago, Tampa Bay won with, like, Warren Sapp and uh, Brad Johnson. I that's believe, right. That's right. 2002. Then, you know. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, doesn't for me. So, let's bring Dak back and uh Cooper Rush,
0: what a job. Yeah, man. I mean, I remember teeing off at the golf course after week 1 and I looked up and I said, what if Cooper Rush is that guy? I mean, he was undefeated. He <laughs> threw four touchdowns against Minnesota and everybody was writing him off. I mean, you got to remember in the NFL, for all the fans out there, when a guy goes down, it's, an, it's a nice opportunity. Like all of these guys have earned a spot on an NFL roster. They all can play football. So when a guy goes down, it's sometimes an opportunity for them to shine. And, and I, you see that you know, week in, week out with every single team. And Cooper Rush did an amazing job. Obviously, with the quarterback position, sometimes you see it go the opposite way. But in every position, whether it's corner, safety, linebacker, you know, receiver, an opportunity is sometimes a massive changing uh, turning point for these guys' careers. Neil? Yo. All right, buddy. We're going to move into the halftime show. This is kind of a mix-up between a playbook and hit or stay, kind of, you know, what would you do? We're going to talk through some scenarios here, here, Neil and I, and I've got, they're they're definitely a little bit all over the map here, but uh, we'll start things off. Neil, you're, you're at a construction site. I'm not sure what you're doing there. Maybe you're visiting a cousin who's working on the site. You're there and you, there's a gritty outhouse, but you've been, you know, you've been drinking coffee and water all day. You got to get in there and anyway, you get in the outhouse and your phone drops down. Are you hitting or state? Are you going in for this thing? Are you saying, okay, I got to go get a new phone? Cause this is an interesting one. Cause phones are kind of the tough one. Like, you know, it's a big bill to pay, you're looking at probably five hundred to a thousand bucks to get everything reorganized here. What's your play here if you drop your phone into an outhouse? It's gone. Yeah, I'm it's thinking gone. the same boat.
1: There's there's no amount of money. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. <all> Sorry. right.
0: <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, man. Especially at a construction site. I mean, I find those things the most. Dis- <laughs> I think those are the things are the most disturbing sites. Going man, I, I that's especially if you're at like a concert or any any place with a big population or just a gritty occupation that are using this thing day in day out. I mean, those those things are just so disgusting.
1: Dude, I got a quick story, and I'm not going to name name. No, fire it up. But I do know, I do know a gentleman <laughs> who got the tap from his wife, and that's how a child was conceived
0: in an outhouse.
1: Apparently, so.
0: Wow. But
1: when the wife gives you the tap sometimes, Greg, I guess. Yeah. It's you know.
0: it's go time. I think everybody understands that when you get, when you, <laughs> you get the nod and it's go time. Like you got to get in there and you got to mix it up. And, and uh, sometimes you got to get down and dirty. And I, I don't, I don't mind that. Like Tiger Woods says, you got to go earn it in the dirt sometimes. Um, all right, Neil. So this is an interesting one. So we see social media accounts, post these types of videos and types of photos all the time. Um, so, like Bleacher Report, I, I was saying before the podcast. But uh, so you got like a twelve leg parlay on the go. You've bet on every single game, and you've got a cash out option. You've been perfect eleven through twelve before Monday night. I'm just gonna say it right now. I'm a cash out guy. Like I'm not risking a big payday for one more game. Like I, I would take the money and run. I know people kind of they'll they'll go and they'll hedge it, or they'll 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 ride it out. I mean, what what would you do if you had you had every single game picked? If we've won them all until Monday night, you can cash out or you can ride it out for like, you know, double the money or, or just less than that.
1: Oh, uh, well, it, it would all depends on the odds, but I would just run and make sure that uh, I would calculate the hedge. Yeah. To, you know, so that out, and yeah. then, then make a decision based on that. Yeah, for it's, sure. You know, there's, a, there's three choices and probably I would cash out, but yeah. I, I might hedge depending on how much The only
0: issue is is that work. typically you don't like typically people don't aren't liquid enough to hedge it.
1: Exactly.
0: You know? Yeah. Like how exactly. like like how like if you if you're looking to make like well for example like $85,000 off a $10 bet, um like how are you going to hedge that?
1: Well, you've got to have a lot of money in your account and you've got to hope that <laughs> you're betting on the underdog as a hedge.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: That's the only that's the only way, but I'd probably
0: just cash out and move on to the next week. hundred <laughs> percent, man. Like you got to take your yeah. wins in gambling, man. Like
1: yeah.
0: I see those all the time and people don't cash out and I feel sick. I couldn't live with myself. Not, not having that, not having that win. Um, um All right, Neil Stanley cup playoffs. You've got the opportunity to go to game seven of the Stanley cup or the, the I know this time framing is so off, but if the Cowboys were to make it through the NFC Championship, they're playing in the NFC Championship, would you miss Game 7 of the Stanley Cup to see if you could go to the Super Bowl and watch the Cowboys? You've got tickets to both, but the Cowboys have the opportunity of losing. Would you go to the locked-in Stanley Cup 7, or would you ride out the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl? it's uh,
1: a good question. I'd probably, you know what, I'd probably go to the football game. Um especially like I'm a Leafs fan too, so I'm never going to get to see the Leafs in the Stanley Cup. All yeah,
0: right. we'll get into it.
1: By the way, things are going. We'll get into it. We'll get <laughs> <Right>. into it. <laughs> maybe maybe this year. So, yeah, no, I'd probably, I just think the atmosphere at at the, at the an NFL game would be better. Um, more people, the tailgate, the whole experience that, you know, you build it around because you can kind of get in on, let's say you, you arrive on a Friday, a big day, Saturday, uh, kind of carry that over into Sunday morning with a big tailgate and uh, then hit the game. And yeah, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to football over a hockey game live. Um, in my experience, I've been to both, but uh, I definitely love a good football game um, more than the mm-hmm. NHL.
0: I, I, I'd be the same boat. I find the biggest thing with NFL is uh, you remember it's football. Sometimes when you're watching it on TV, um, I, I find that with every live sport, you kind of forget with the production quality that you're actually watching them play a sport. And I find that that's like the, the, the yeah. biggest realization that I have when I watch them live. I'm like, holy shit, they're actually playing hockey at this speed, or they're actually playing football yeah. at this quality. Like that's the biggest. It, it usually it usually dawns in me in like the first like ten minutes. I'm there. I'm like, whoa, these guys are phenomenal. Um, but uh, all right, last one. Uh, Neil, sixteen at the blackjack table. Hit or stay? I'm staying. I'm a stay guy too at 16, but you have to, the blackjack rule is you always have to do that. You're either an always hit guy or an always stay at 16. I'm an always stay guy.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I stay at 16 and and take my chances. Sometimes it'll depend on obviously the sequence of cards. Yes, for sure. Whether there's other people around, but I normally stay.
0: I like it. All right, Neil. That's going to conclude the halftime show. Just a brief one, just a kind of an unorganized one. But you know what? We're moving on. That was just a little brief intermission before we get back into the sports content. We're moving into quarter three. We got some NHL for you guys. The first week's in the books. It's been an exciting one. Lots of news on the table. We're starting things off with the Toronto Maple Leafs, Neil. Uh, obviously, got off to a little rocky start by losing to the Montreal Canadiens in game one. Got things back on track by beating the Washington Capitals and the Ottawa Senators on Hockey Night in Canada. But the biggest news in three games in you can take it or leave it. terms of you know where this team's headed but matt murray the guy they gambled on is put onto the tir and and uh you know it's going to be all the samson off which isn't going to be completely worrisome but i mean in the grand scheme of things matt murray i mean come on dude
1: yeah i'm not real concerned about it it was a gamble anyway he hasn't been healthy for years yeah um so my outlook is. Maybe he gets healthy for the playoffs and can refine some form. But I always liked Samsonov for the most part. He's 926 save percentage so far. Maple Leafs had a sub 900 save percentage as a team last year. Yep. Right? Yeah. Well, was Jack Campbell was the best.
0: one of the best goalies before the All-Star break and then one of the worst after.
1: Yeah. I'm not concerned about the Toronto Maple Leafs in any way. I mean, I'm a little bit worried about their depth. When it comes to April, May, hopefully they play into June.
0: See, the uh, issue I have with the Toronto Maple Leafs, Neil, is even playing a team like Ottawa, or you know, you're going to be playing against teams like Boston and teams like Philadelphia, for example. When you look at their fourth lines and their third lines, they've got a guy who can drop the mats. And I can, and I get it. You can, you can say what you want about fighting in hockey and tough, but come April, come May it's a greasy game. There's greasy things that go on. Austin Matthews has seen it a couple times this year, him getting cross-checked, him getting smacked around. Like, you need a guy on that roster who can play, has pace, and can fight. And, like, maybe that's just the old school in me, but, man, like, I just find that the Leafs, like, they... I don't know man, like I, like the team toughness. Like I, I know it's not the culture and that's not the way they play. They're all about, you know, high powered offense and, and creating chances and but I find, you know, maybe the success in the in in, in April has been the lack of that toughness and and, and grind and grit mentality.
1: Well they've gone the I opposite, the complete opposite direction, even more so this year. because yeah. so They used to kind of like, you know, they went out and got Nick Foligno at the trade deadline and Wayne yeah. Simmons used to kind of hang around. Now they're, like you said, they've gone. Completely they've skilled. completely abandoned that a hundred percent. And so it's almost like uh, Kyle Dubas is just like, well, we're playing up-tempo hockey. We're concerned about zone entries. We don't care about physicality. And yeah. if we're going to do it my way and I'm going to get fired, then we're going to do it completely my way and, so we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's way too early in the season for me to have any glaring conclusions on anything, but they'll move, they'll move right along. They'll win a ton of games and we'll see what happens in six months.
0: Absolutely. No, I agree. It's going to be interesting to see though. I would like to see that team have a little bit more toughness. Like I would like to see a guy like Austin Matthews um, not be protected, but even show a little bit more toughness himself. But Maybe that's just me. Uh, moving out West, you know, there's only three Battle of Alberta's this season, which I thought it was a huge mistake, but then NHL, I mean, these are two division rivals. They're only playing three games against each other this year. Who made the schedule for this one? But one of them was already concluded. The Calgary Flames ended up beating the Edmonton Oilers 4-3. It was 4-1 right off the get-go, right off the hop, it felt like. Um, but um, I mean, this Calgary Flames team, you have to tip your cap to Brad Tree Living. I mean, they look great. They look fantastic. I mean, at least for the next two, three years, They've won the off season and they end up beating the, the Edmonton Oilers and uh you know I think they're gonna both those teams are gonna be just fine. Both those teams are gonna be a playoff teams. Uh what'd you think about the Battle of Alberta?
1: Well, it's it's also impressive that Calgary beat the Abs too, right? Five on three. So yeah. go yeah, go into go into Edmonton and win and, and win uh, on home ice against Colorado, which is obviously the defending Stanley Cup champions, and obviously a impressive uh season opener for them. Um, I was anticipating Colorado, or sorry, I was anticipating Calgary to not quite be as strong. You know, they they did lose some talent, obviously, yep. but you know, I, I think it's way too early to um, award them anything. It's a long season, and I actually have the Oilers bet to win that division. Um, yeah, that was where I, I was leaning, and I, I think the Oilers are definitely in the running to do that. Hundred percent, but. Yeah, way to go, Calgary. You know, I mean, it's a good start. They obviously have great uh, defense and a solid goalie. So, if you know, Huberto can click, and Kadri kind of steps in and carries over a success from last season. They're positioned to do really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Kadri with the beautiful end-to-end in the Battle of Alberta. Slipped at five-hole, I think, on uh, Jack Campbell. And, yeah, obviously, Markstrom in between the pipes for Calgary's Second uh, in Trophy votes last year. They're all set, man. And I think Daryl Sutter, I like him as a coach. I like what uh, he brings to the table. I'm a, I'm a hard-nosed guy. I like that guy. So, uh, the Bruins are absolutely buzzing without Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick. The return of David Krejci has been refreshing. Uh, he's still... Is He slows down the game so well. Sometimes it slows it down too much, but he uh, he looks so poised. What do you think that does for a player, Neil? You change, you go over to a different league, you absolutely dominate for a year, and then you come back to the NHL. I think that helps, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, and it's not like he's coming back to unfamiliar territory or anything. Exactly. Like this is, you know, he's been with the organization for so long. A yep. so, little confidence boost, maybe. and Yeah, I just... So, I found this incredibly you were talking about the um lack of division rivalry games between color or between, i keep calling them colorado <laughs> calgary, calgary and edmonton, and edmonton. Yep. but uh boston they don't play outside of the eastern time zone until wednesday december the 7th how cushy is that
0: that's nice that's nice like
1: you're not you know travel uh Six home games, just three on the road in October. Like, so they are really positioned to have a great start with um, Marshawn out and
0: McAvoy, McAvoy
1: out, right? Yeah, so, Grislyk, yeah, yeah. so it's it's setting up nicely for them because a lot of people banked on the Bruins sort of having a down year, Progressing. I, yeah, I always like I like them. I like Pasternak so much; he's such a just an amazing player, scorer, and uh, I like the high volume shooter.
0: So and they, I even
1: like the guys like I like Charlie Coyle. Charlie like Coyle, they
0: they they absolutely rinse the Minnesota Wild for Ride for Charlie Coyle straight up. Absolutely phenomenal deal for the Boston Bruins. I mean, Craig Smith flies around. They've, they're they really deep. They come at you from, um, you know, they've got great depth. And I like their goaltending tandem too. I think the Bruins, I, a lot of people were talking about them being the team that gets knocked out of the top four in the Atlantic. I think that, that those people are going to be pleasantly, um, uh, you know, disheartened by the uh, by the Bruins this year. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, the Flyers under John Tortorella are 2 0. Neil, I know uh, they've got a tough schedule ahead, you were saying. And we'll get into that. But I mean, that's got to be refreshing for Philly fans. And, and I don't know if this roster is going to be able to maintain and sustain. I, I don't think they're going to be a team in the top four in the uh, Metropolitan, but they're off to a hot start. and I know they're going to be a team, under John Tortorella, it's going to be a team that's going to be tough to play against.
1: Yeah, they uh, probably going to be two and three here shortly at Tampa, at Florida, at Nashville next. And they do get a little bit of a softie against the San Jose Sharks, and then they host Florida, Carolina, at New York Rangers, at Toronto Maple Leafs at Ottawa Senators yep. versus St. Louis. That's a pretty daunting schedule, especially <laughs> with Sean DeCorey out. Yes. I mean, he's out for another month at least. or He's their best player. Yes. Uh, yeah. I i don't know. I'll believe it when I see it, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Vancouver Canucks or New Jersey Devils as quality opponents, but the great difference maker could be Carter Hart in that. and that. If he can kind of bounce back from some inconsistent play over the last few years, last couple of years in particular, yeah. uh, he was, he was looking like a franchise goalie, so that's a big help.
0: Absolutely, we'll see what happens. I'm, that's going to be a team I'll be uh, I'll be watching quite closely. Vegas is off to a hot start under Bruce Cassidy; they're three and zero. I think this is a team that's going to be a playoff team in the Pacific, but um, obviously goaltending is going to be the biggest thing for me. Um, is it Logan? Logan Thompson? Logan? I think it's Logan Thompson. Yeah. Um, he uh, he's looked solid, and uh, you know I didn't want to I didn't have too much to say about Vegas, but just to note that they are three and all they're still undefeated. So I think Bruce Cassidy's going to be a nice voice for them too. Uh, you know I was a little surprised that they fired him out of Boston, but I think I honestly think that uh, it's part of the narrative. David Krejci, I don't think he was on the same page as Bruce Cassidy. I know he was he was verbally upset that he never got to play with P- David Pasternak, and um, obviously they got rid of pa- uh, Cassidy, brought in Montgomery, and return of David Krejci.
1: Yeah, change is always good. Sometimes, in, uh, in especially at the coaching level, right? I mean, sometimes just the voice gets stale. Yeah, um, it's time time for change. Time for some new ideas and and uh, just a different voice, right? Absolutely. I, I like Vegas. Uh, their defense, led by Angelo Theodore Martinez, high end group there. Jack Eichel is a superstar. Um, I, I just absolutely like, can't believe that you've got almost like two villain personalities with like Jack Eichel and all his drama in Buffalo. And then Bill Kessel, the hot dog man, comes in and they're on a line together. It's, I, I think it's great. So, Stevenson, Stone, Howden, great shutdown line. There's Marcia Show and Carlson have chemistry since the uh, organization um, began. was founded. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I like Vegas. They're good. Yeah. They're going to be
0: solid. Definitely. I wanted to talk about the Detroit Red Wings because I don't think they're going to be a team that makes the playoffs, but they've got this one line, their third line Soderblom, Sunquist, and Rasmussen. The smallest guy in the line is Rasmussen. He's six foot three and a half. Sunquist, he's six foot six, and Soderblom is six foot eight. That line has got to be the most intimidating line in the NHL. I was watching them play the other night. I couldn't believe it. They were dominating. I, I mean, that's going to be a scary line, especially for a team like the Leafs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a joke <laughs> The least just be buzzing all around No problem It'll be like the old Ice hockey Nintendo game be like, probably too young and Everyone that listens Is probably too young To know about that They'll be chasing it eh? Big. Yeah well there's You could pick the size Of the players <laughs> okay. You could have like, skinny, <laughs> you'd have like Skinny straight guys That look like a pen yep. You could have like Fat guys that look like a quarter And then there was an in between So the skinny tall guys Are flying everywhere Anyway but if you get the reference, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Got to probably be close to forty years old, like myself, to, to remember ice hockey. But uh, it was quite a game. Uh, I can't even pronounce those guys' names. Brownie. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they
1: were uh, they were great. Like they, I, I checked into a couple of their statistics. Like their draw perception, over sixty percent clip, seventy six percent expected goals, um, and they've only shot six point six seven uh, percent so far. So they actually aren't converting on their opportunities uh, at a sustainable level. Like they, there's, there's positive regression ahead, statistical correction ahead. So yeah, good call. That's awesome to know because people who play DFS, that's exactly the kind of stuff you want to know when yes. it comes to finding a soft matchup and cause they'll all be cheap price in that, uh, Daily fantasy hockey
0: racket. You could run that line and then go yeah. Crosby, Matthews, Vasilevsky. Yeah. yeah, on a yeah. on a Saturday slate. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's awesome. But. Um, no, I, I just wanted to conclude here in, in quarter three, uh, Neil, that uh, the Ian Cole case, there was no conclusive evidence found by the NHL. Um, obviously, it's scary stuff right now. Um, there's obviously a big issue across all sports, but especially in hockey, it seems for the past, you um, know, few weeks. And I'm not going to get into it. Uh, you know, my my rule and, and Nate and I's rule is we don't get into this stuff. We don't give a take on it. It's just. Right now, there's been no conclusive evidence found on Ian Cole and the female that came out and and accused him of of terrible acts. So, Ian Cole will most likely be back with the Tampa Bay Lightning fairly soon. Leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Let's move into quarter four, Neil. I was fired up for my guy, Richard Fowler. Ricky... Came close to the Zozo. He came runner-up. Uh, lost to Keegan Bradley, who has seen a lot of success at this event. I know it's a young event, but Keegan's played well here. Um, so Keegan Bradley gets one first win since 2018. I want to see Ricky in the winner's circle so bad. You can just see it, too, with the kids at the Zozo Championship. He's done such a phenomenal job for the growth of the game of golf. And I think the people who don't watch the PGA Tour don't follow golf closely. Ricky has grown the game so much I mean, I remember like from like twenty or two thousand eight, we'll say to twenty thirteen, the amount of kids that were running around with the turquoise or orange puma hats. like he did such a great job at branding himself and growing the game of golf. and uh, he's got such a big fan base, and I thought it was gonna be the week, Neil. Neil. Neil?
1: Lost you there for a minute, buddy, but I got you back. All right.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not sure what happened. Just a clear. Clear blank. Couldn't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. Probably was really important stuff. But yeah. So Ricky, <laughs> I, I've loved him. I've loved Ricky Fowler for a long time, especially back in the day. Probably the 2014 range. He had top five in all three majors. And He just couldn't pull him. it off. And I and I would always bet him top five or you know what I mean or, each or majors. You get the extended each way. Yep. And it's just like he's an ATM. Yep. You just go, you put your money in on a bet, you get it back, times, you know, plus odds, and it's too bad, because I I guess that happens in, in professional golf, and we've seen way better golfers than Ricky Fowler sort of have the struggles that he's had, and Jordan Spieth comes to mind, too, is someone 100%. recently who 100%. kind of went through a spell, so I know I'm pretty sure Ricky's back working with Butch Harmon, right? So yep. hopefully he can figure it out, because he's playing a lot, and eventually, that's how you find your game and that's how you uh how, how you get back in the winner's circle is you got to play and sometimes there's so much going on non-golf related yeah. that you get caught up in commercials you get caught up in getting married in having and a kid all the extra things that ricky fowler does like and i i i, I got cut off from you when you i think you were going to talk about hanging out and staying around and signing hats and and yeah. didn't didn't turn away a single kid uh he signed everything right after he just lost the tournament so i i get a lot of respect for old ricky
0: man i would love to see that guy win soon and and i'm not overly concerned like i'd like to see him but i mean he's t6 at the sanderson he's t2 at the zozo i just want to see him trend towards augusta because like you said i mean 2014 or i think it might even be more recent than that when he was top five in all of the, all four majors i mean this guy he's He's got ice in his veins. This guy can close out events. And, and uh, like you said, Jordan Speed, I mean, people go through these, these struggles in golf and it is an absolute grind out there, but he seems to be trending in the right direction. Freddie Couples on the senior tour. I don't normally talk about the senior tour on the podcast, Neil, but you had to. A final round, 60 wins on the senior tour. Freddie's an absolute legend, man. I love Freddie Couples, but happy to see him shoot 60. He had a consecutive seven birdie stretch in the front and a five birdie stretch in the back to shoot 12 under.
1: Yeah, it was unreal. And he said it's the best golf he's ever played.
0: I would say close to it. I mean, yeah. you almost have, if you almost shoot 59, I'm assuming that's, it feels, it feels pretty flawless out there.
1: Yeah, I love Freddie. He was fun. I first, uh, I can remember one of the first masters that I remember watching. Uh, he, he won one of those. Um, I know, it's, I, I believe he's got two green jackets and I don't know if it's his first or second win, but uh I've got a soft spot for him, the smooth swing and it, it's actually like almost must watch television when you are digging deep into the Masters and he's still on because he still stripes it pretty well and just a beautiful golf swing.
0: Oh my goodness, man. Yeah, I mean, like you think he shot 60 he said it was his best friend of his golf. I mean, I've shot a few 74s and thought I didn't miss a shot out there. Um, Anyway, Neil, you hear me? Yes, buddy. All right, buddy. We got the CJ Cup this week in South Carolina. The first time the CJ Cup's being held here, uh, I saw you did a write-up for it. So if you want to go see Neil's write-up for it, make sure you get over to sportsbookreview.com. And Neil's got a nice write-up about the uh, CJ Cup this week. Uh, but the big guns are back. There's a lot of big guns playing this week. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm off his win at the, uh, what's the Spaniard Open called on the DP Tour? I'm not sure what it's called. Um, but, not uh, me neither but he won in Spain. Um, but yeah, who do you like this week? Uh, I, I've got three outright bets that I'm going to be riding. Um, also certainly will tail some uh, some narratives that you have. Uh, but uh, I'm riding Cam Young again. Obviously, he had five uh, second-place finishes last year. I just think this kid's uber-talented. He's going to be in the winner's circle, I think, soon. Uh, I'm probably going to lose a lot of money on this guy in the next few weeks, but I'm riding Cam Young again.
1: Yeah a good pick I mean one of the big things that I found when I was digging into what made for a successful golfer at uh, Congaree this week um, because the venue changed right it was in Las Vegas Be- well originally the CJ Cup was obviously in South Korea yes uh, last last year it was in Las Vegas this year it's in South Carolina so kind um, of got to kind of dig in that because obviously course fit changes um, as a result but Big thing for me is PAR four scoring. Eleven of the PAR fours at um, this venue during the Palmetto in two thousand one. Uh, eight of eleven played over par. So par four scoring is obviously incredibly important and it's a tough course. And at that two thousand twenty one Palmetto, strokes gained T to green was a key statistic among all of the top Finishers, so um, ball striking incredibly important, and putting and work around the green wasn't as important. So I placed a lot of emphasis in greens and regulation percentage and strokes gained t to green. Vic Hovland, Vic the Viking, um, looking to him hit 53 72 greens last week at the Zozo, um, fired four rounds in the sixties. So I don't mind him a little bit further down the odds list. And you already mentioned Rom. And I'm looking more at the top of the of the board right now Um, the article you referenced it's the pa- Fantasy Golf Power Rankings. Um I've got Rom number 1, Scotty Scheffler number 2, Hovland 3 and Rory McIlroy 4 and that's just because if you're playing DFS or playing in a pick 'em pool or something Rory's going to be extremely popular obviously he's <clears throat> dialed in and uh you know led PGA Tour and strokes gained totaled and scoring average last season so Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean I, I just uh I like Hovland as uh, someone who's a little bit down the odds list, but I I might uh, have to look a little closer before uh, placing any wagers.
0: I'm gonna sprinkle Hovland as well, plus twenty two hundred. I really like Hovland. I think there's guys that I've got soft spots for on the PGA Tour. He's one of them. He's just so talented as well. He hits it so well, and I mean, he's a gamer. Um, He's not. It's not going to be surprising to me if he ends up winning a major when it's all said and done or multiple. Um, Another guy I'm going to. uh, This is just a narrative that popped in my head. Obviously, I'm a guy who comes up with. Outrageous narratives at times, but obviously CJ is a is a company that sponsors all the South Koreans. Like Neil noted, that the tournament used to be held in South Korea, so I'm going to ride Sung JM. Um, I'm going to ride Sung JM at plus twenty two hundred. I'll probably have four outright bets, and then I'm going to sprinkle Ricky as well, plus sixty six hundred. He's trending in the right direction. Uh, obviously, he could miss the cut. He's uh, he's been volatile the last few years, but I'm going to ride Ricky at plus sixty six hundred.
1: Greg, I got the best news that you're going to hear all day. Let's hear it. This is a no cut event, so you can watch four days of Ricky Fowler.
0: Well, that is something that I absolutely love to hear. I love, <laughs> I love. I mean, no cut events are music to my ears because that means Thursday through Sunday we got the same guys, and I love DFS too for uh, for no cut events because then you just go birdie hunting uh, through that entire field. Um, make sure you get your guys who have got a ton of upside, and make a ton of birdies. Um, But, but Neil, that's going to conclude the episode, man. I really appreciate you coming on, man. I know a lot of our listeners will be, uh, be happy, be thrilled uh, to have a second voice on the podcast. I know uh, it's been dry, but uh, just around the corner, we've got some fun guests. We've got the tour junkie guys coming on. We've got uh, Sam Alvey to come preview the UFC fight. So we've got some guys coming on. Uh, But Neil, you were a legend, man. I'm sure that you're going to be back on here in, uh, in the future. if, uh, If, if, if you'd like, you're always welcome, my man. I appreciate you seriously.
1: Oh my pleasure Greg. Always good talking sports if you. Talk sports with your grandfather years ago. Your dad at the uh, the Horton High School every once in a while so I was happy to chop it up with you and just have a few laughs and uh, break this down and you know
0: Absolutely. That's and,
1: about it. Less rock and roll. You know,
0: it's fun. Before I close it down, though, I will mention, if you want to talk sports all day, every day, if you need narratives, you need sports betting help, you need fantasy advice, well, Neil's in the Chalkboard app, as am I. I'm always in the Chalkboard app. Uh, it's a great community in there. People are talking sports all day long. To so make sure you download the Chalkboard app. Join the Neil Intermission board and and hop in there and start talking sports. Neil, we'll catch up soon. I appreciate it, brother.